Innovate with Adele presents Leading Through Your Heart, a leadership show exploring the challenges executives and business owners face in the workplace and how tapping into personal purpose and vision can bring the change most needed now. Adele DeMarco is an executive leadership coach and consultant with 20 years experience coaching leaders and teams from over 100 organizations. She builds on a background in neuroscience, anthropology, and organizational behavior and brings her decades of studying and applying the science and universal laws of success. Now, here's your hosts, Adele DeMarco and Myra Rosario. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome to Innovate with Adele and our leadership show. Adele here with my amazing friend and partner in innovation, Myra Rosario. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are so glad you have joined us. We have a very special show in store for you today. Our show is focused on managing loneliness and isolation Ooh. by working with the power of your heart. Wow. Yeah. You know, today's uh, one of those gray days in Cleveland, so this is an interesting topic. Yes, yes. Yeah. It it, and it's related to the workplace. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. the, managing it. So you know, Myra, the intention with my leadership show of Leading Through the Heart is to have conversations about business leadership and culture on subjects that aren't as often talked about. Mm -hmm. Subjects that have up until now been perceived of as the soft side of business, but the soft side has a hard impact, mm -hmm. right? The soft side impacts things like turnover, right? employee satisfaction, employee engagement, right. revenue, performance, talent attraction, talent retention. Right. So that's why we're diving into... And, you know, I think the topic of loneliness in the workplace is not... Even when I saw today that that was our show topic, I was really surprised. I'm like, you, you, you think it's a personal thing, but I think that I, I read actually that it's contagious in the workplace, loneliness, right? It can be. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it depends on, I mean, today we're going to talk about loneliness amongst CEOs in particular oh. as a pattern. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the tone and the experience that a positional leader like a CEO or other positional leaders set for the company, that that can really set a culture. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And or... It can become contagious because whatever we focus on expands. So if people are talking about loneliness, which in the often more than not, they're not talking about it. I mean, it depends on what level of the organization you're focused on and who the people are. Mm -hmm. But if people are talking about loneliness, then all of a sudden it gets other people fo focused on how lonely they are and yeah. so on and so forth. It's, it's kind of like any of these topics can become contagious if we're not aware of how we're managing them. And that's why our topic today is managing. Wow. So today we are exploring how leading through your heart can help you and for your listen, all the leaders out there listening, how it can help you manage any loneliness that you may be experiencing. So taking a step back, loneliness is a complex, this is a, a definition, mm -hmm. it's a complex and usually unpleasant emotional response to isolation. Mm -hmm. So loneliness typically includes anxious feelings about a lack of connection or communication with other human beings, both in the present moment and into the future. And so as such, loneliness can be felt even when you're surrounded by other people. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Myra, as a leadership and culture coach, I was reflecting on conversations I've recently had with some of my executive clients. So 
Like so many people, this time of year can be very demanding and less than festive. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, part of it can be due to increased demand in business, depending right. on what business you're in. This mm-hmm. could be a really, really busy time. Yep. I know the budgets together for 2020. Yes. Right. Well, I know I was connecting with um, a, a colleague of mine who's a CEO of a large retailer in mm-hmm. Australia, actually, just yesterday. And she's just, they are so focused on the numbers. Mm-hmm. This time of year yeah. really makes or breaks their revenue goals for the year. So that that is one demand. But for others, other of my clients, they are stressed this time of year because there's so much increased social demand. You know, the holiday mm-hmm. parties, community engagements, other expectations. Yeah, kids, holidays, you yeah, You're know, balancing concerts. all of that. Yeah. So in this time of year can also bring up loss that we may have had in a recent year mm-hmm. or so. Loss of a loved one, like yeah. it could be a parent or a sibling or right. a friend. People who we may have typically celebrated. So, but when we come back to the workplace, right? According to research done by Harvard Business Review, more than half of CEOs report experiencing feelings of loneliness in their role. Mm-hmm. And over 61% of them reported to believe it does hinder their performance. Wow. And especially first-time CEOs are susceptible to the isolation because they're still n- learning how to navigate when to connect, you know, w- when to invite everyone to dinner. Like, for example, again, I was talking to an executive just this morning on a coaching call and they just had their big annual um, address, which yeah. they weave together. Mm-hmm. She's a, a business owner of a multi-hundred million dollar business. They have their annual address. Mm-hmm. The people that come to it, their employees, many of them go out before the, the address, the party. Many of them go out afterward. Yeah. And this person was saying, and you know... Nobody wants to hang out with the CEO of (laughs) the company. Right. And it's just, you know, this person was saying it's complicated because they want to be hanging out, but they just have to manage so many things. You know, if I buy a drink for somebody, then I'm liable. Or if I hang out with these people, but not those people. You know, I have to admit, I mean, as an entrepreneur, that's lonely in itself. I mean, to have the daily motivation and ambition and it gets really lonely entrepreneurship is lonely you know I do I you know so yeah it, you're right it it affects us and we know now too there's statistics that loneliness can make you sick mm-hmm. it's been proven that social isolation affects behavior and brain operation which we're going to talk about later too how to overcome that isolation and loneliness can trigger a fight-or-flight response which can lead to ill health and even even death right oh wow now we we know that study that connects uh, that was done by Cigna, a large insurance provider, mm-hmm. that said that loneliness is as risky as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. Say that again? Loneliness, they reported, the study yeah. done by Cigna, wow. a national health care provider, insurance provider, mm-hmm. loneliness is as risky as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah. That's deep. Wow. Right. It can affect your sleep patterns. Makes me want to cry. (laughs) No. I'm just kidding. Loneliness can affect our sleep patterns, stress hormones, and even the production of white blood cells. So, I mean, this is, it has a real impact. Again, the soft side has hard impact. Mm -hmm. It's crucial to learn how to overcome these feelings so we can be healthier and work more efficiently, right? Now, we know that the, the feelings are not limited to the CEO, Right. As you were mentioning, Myra, loneliness can be contagious, so to so to speak, and it can have repercussions that affect 
anyone who's in a new role of authority or power, right? Because you're still managing. How do you manage those relationship boundaries? Right. But, you know, I was, it made me think back to a client I had years ago. This was like 15 years ago of how a pattern of isolation can come from the CEO and then affect the culture as well. And this organization was a smaller organization. They were only 20 people. They had recently just formed through a merger. They're a civically oriented organization. And the team members were reporting, they were really frustrated with their CEO. And and it was starting to create a culture of complaining, which I quickly helped them put a nip in the bud because you do not want that to happen. Mm -hmm. A culture of complaining. A culture of complaining. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was, what they said is basically the CEO was very, very externally facing to the organization. They were gone and out. They were in a a fundraising. This was a a, a nonprofit, civically focused organization. And so they were just not there. Mm-hmm. not kind of attending to the team. And so the team felt isolated from the CEO, oh, wow. which and especially on a smaller team that can have a big impact. Mm-hmm. You know, another um, story, anecdote from a large, this was from a large banking company, a large national bank and investment firm in New York City. And they reported a story of recruiting. This was a high level executive who had recruited Um, a very talented investor away from another bank. And within six weeks, this investment banker called the executive and said, I'm back at my former job. And the executive was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you were the only person that greeted me and came and said hello to me. No one else has come and stopped into my office. I've asked for an assistant and gotten no response. And he said, this is the most isolating culture I've ever experienced. And this was a big national brand name investment bank. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? people don't value the importance of work culture. And I think that's why we've really been, you know, breaking it down here on the station. I mean, the show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why I consider myself both a leadership and culture coach. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is Absolutely. Because and the leader, that is their primary role. The positional leader is to set the tone of the culture. And we know that culture is created by design or by default. Mm -hmm. I mean, every organization has a culture. Right. So and, you know, with the work that we do with Innovate that I do with coaching teams is we we have a flow, right? We have a formula for how culture happens. Mm -hmm. It goes like this. Practices create habits, habits create a culture. Right? Yeah. Well, let's take a break right here real quick. I'm going to ask today's trivia question. And when we get back, you're going to share more about loneliness, right? Well, and more the anecdotes to loneliness and how we, and especially for business leaders, how they overcome it. And we're going to talk about the power of the heart and how the power of the heart helps helps us really manage both loneliness and pretty much most of the complexity out there. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay. So today's question is, what percent of people in the U.S. experience loneliness? Is it 25%? or 75%. When we get back, Adele is going to share the answer to that question. Welcome back to Innovate with Adele, a leadership show. 
Before our break, Adele and I asked today's trivia question, which was, what percent of people in the U.S. experience loneliness? But Adele, before we answer, mm-hmm. I just want to remind our listeners that if you're interested in having Adele for your next speaking engagement or team building meeting, you can visit us at Yinovate. That's Y I N O V A T E dot com, or you know, shoot us a text at two one six nine zero five one one nine nine. Okay, so back to the question: What percent of people in the U.S. experience loneliness? Is it twenty five percent, fifty percent, or seventy five percent? The answer is, and the answer is seventy five percent. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent. That's three out of four people. Yes. Now, yeah, and this study, this study just came out a year ago. Literally, it was released a year ago, December twentieth. Um, yeah, it's wait, the, three out of four people experience loneliness. Now, I had to process this. Oh, I know. And now, here's something I think is really important that they mentioned at the end of the study. The study was only amongst white people. It did Whoa. not include any people, and no Latinos, no African Americans. I was say, three out of four Latinos are not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not, no, very different kidding. cultural dynamic there. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, hmm. and it's the, this. The, what the study found is was that this, the pang of loneliness is far higher than even the gloomiest of previous estimates. Right. That that it found that three out of four Americans experience moderate to high levels of loneliness. It was published, like I said, December 20th in 2018 in the Journal of International Psychogeriatrics. And previous studies had found loneliness rates of 17 percent to 57 percent. And this was both men and women were equally affected. Wow. So. While the numbers show a larger percentage of the population experiences loneliness, the study also is a f- provides clues as to how people think they may be able to master loneliness by developing a better understanding of the of others and of themselves. Right. Right. Because we know that loneliness is is it's a it's a stress, right, that we mentioned earlier. And it's due to lack of satisfactory relationships Mm -hmm. so it's not really about being alone it's about feeling lonely right which you can feel lonely even when you're surrounded by people Mm -hmm. right and sometimes it says nothing beats the holidays for evoking that alone in a crowd feeling yeah right the happy faces the music the colors the parties but then some people still feel isolated wow so getting back to what do we do about it Right. So what are the actions that we can take, especially if we bring this, you know, that our trivia question was about the population at large. But it definitely given the study was, oh, oh, oh not only was it all amongst white people, but they all lived in San Diego. So the what? city where they gets like the best weather, the what? most sunshine Eesh. and people I know are still. This was a U.S. Uh, U.S. News article, correct? Um, so, yes, it was yeah. published in, in mainstream, mainstream yeah. media. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about what to do wow. about it specifically for business leaders. Right. Because we know that it has a multitude of implications for leaders and their companies. First of all, just around, you know, making decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, and, you know, I, I was working with a client today and she read me a quote that she had written. She had somewhere on her desk and it said, never make a decision 
when you're feeling hungry, angry, or lonely. <laughs> and it wasn't a joke. It was like a real fact, but yeah. you made her, you know, stop and think, you know, as yeah, a business leader. Yeah, there's it, some truth to that. Absolutely. And, and business leaders were making decisions all the time. So step one first, this may sound simple, but it's very powerful. The first step is just to acknowledge it, right? Just to really notice what you're noticing. Notice how that you're feeling lonely or isolated. You know, I mean, CEOs, I remember a study that was done years ago and they were asked, you know, which character they most identified with. And it was the Lone Ranger. Oh, you know, that maybe they had one confidant, but so, so just to even acknowledge that you're feeling lonely. Because here's the thing, constantly denying these emotions in exchange for a false sense of self-assurance becomes exhausting. You know, denial becomes exhausting. So experts say that they encourage leaders to take a moment each day to process and accept how complex and even really scary some of their responsibilities can be. Right. And the more accepting a leader is of this reality, the easier it will be to seek and accept support in dealing with it. And most importantly, CEOs cannot view this acceptance as a failure. There's a reason why they were why they were chosen for their role, and loneliness does not translate to defeat. Right. Right? So number two is to seek support. This is imp- so important. Reliable a reliable support system is crucial. Crucial, crucial for CEO achievement. And CEOs, it's in their best interest to be, begin cultivating a group of trusted advisors really from day one. And there's no shame if we haven't done it, just put that on there to do. And we know, Myra, um, that one of the things a CEO can do, even if they're in a situation where they do have trusted advisors, is be part of a mastermind group, right. which Innovate is offering now for high-level executives to be in a small group of four to mm-hmm. six other executives in a, essentially a coaching circle mastermind group where they're growing their own confidence. They're spiraling up, as we're saying, their, yep. their level of leadership with other people who have walked in their shoes. And that way, you, you know, you don't feel alone and you learn from the journeys and the experiences and the wisdom of others. Right. And of, of course, number three, it's important to just stay in action, to keep moving. Because oftentimes when we're in isolation, that sends us into that fight, flight, or freeze response. We just start freezing and, and stop from making the next decision. But because the big picture strategy decisions a CEO must make can be overwhelming at times, they can sometimes get mired in, in small details. So Being able to connect with your heart, which is step number four and most important, Mm -hmm. can help you manage all of these, right? Mm -hmm. So the most important act we can take, a CEO can take, you can take, leaders out there listening, is to connect with your heart. And we know the heart's intuitive intelligence has been proven to improve the ability to focus, improve our sleep, increase our sense of calmness, provide us with greater mental clarity and confidence, give us greater access to our intuitive intelligence, which enhances our creativity and incredibly enhances our decision-making, right? right? And, this, and this is outcome, this is data, this is proven. And a study that worked with 11,500 people that were working with techniques and tools for connecting with their heart. 
at all different types of organizations, special forces, Navy SEALs, first responders, and fire, and medical, and police, all found that this increased their capacity to focus, to sleep, to stay calm, all via connecting with their heart. And we know for organizations, when you have a collective capacity of key players, in particular in an organization, to be able to connect with and lead through your heart, it minimizes stress of employees and overwhelm. It helps address negative relationship dynamics. And in general, it helps enhance positive engagement and motivation. So here's some fascinating science that comes out really about the power of connecting through your heart and leading through your heart. And Myra, this is really a story about us as human beings and how we work and how we operate. And it's the it's the new awareness and new knowledge, well, somewhat new, some of it stems back to the 60s and 70s, about how our heart and our brain are actually communicating mm-hmm. with each other. Now, first of all, we think, traditionally people think about the heart. It was really thought of, and I remember even being taught this in school, that what's the heart? It's a pump, right? right. That's what we were thought of. It was a pump. Well, our heart is so much more than that in terms of influencing our day-to-day quality of life. So in the past... It was thought in terms of heart and brain connection that the communication between the heart and brain was really a one-way street. Mm -hmm. Scientists primarily focus on the heart's response to the brain's commands, right? And this very much correlates to our thought that like the head rules and the heart follows. Mm -hmm. And we know with Yinnovate, we're here as game changers to, to, to give that a flip, right? That it's really the heart that leads. And here's more information why, right? We have learned, however, that the communication between the heart and the brain is actually a dynamic two-way dialogue, which each organ is continuously influencing the other. And research has now just has shown that heart communication, the heart communicates with the brain in four ways, four major ways. So first of all, the heart is communicating with the brain and therefore with our whole body One, neurologically, through our nervous system. And I'm going to talk more about this, that literally the heart is sending, there's neural pathways that are messengers being sent, messages being sent to the brain through our nervous system. The heart's also communicating biochemically via hormones. It's also communicating biophysically through these little pulse waves that the heart sends to the brain. And we talked about this last week a little bit with our trivia last week. The heart is communicating energetically through electromagnetic field interactions, Mm. right? Remember last week we mentioned that the heart's electromagnetic field is 5,000 times stronger than that of the brain's? Yeah, I was really amazed by the effect for sure. 5,000 times more. 5,000. Well, now we know why. It's communicating neurologically, biochemically, biophysically, and energetically. So 20 years of research done through the 60s and 70s reveal that the heart is communicating with the brain in ways that significantly affect how we perceive and how we react in the world. Right. And we'll continue more on this next week, Myra, but basically here's the short of the long of it. Mm-hmm. Research has found that the heart sends way more information to the brain than the brain ascending to the heart. Wow, that's incredible. Well, again, that's all the time we have for today. And if you can relate to loneliness in the workplace, you know, give us a call at 216-905-1199. Uh, you can apply for a one-on-one strategy with Adele. And again, if you'd like to book 
a speaking engagements or team building, um, definitely give us a call or visit Yinovate, um, which is Y-I-N-O-Vate.com. And for those of you who are experiencing loneliness this holiday season, we are sending you big heartfelt encouragement for you to connect with your heart this holiday season. And remember that your heart is your most powerful engine for change. Bye for now.